Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a very special episode of the HR Social Hour. John and Wendy talk to Shane Kowalski from Mystery. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am well. We have been fortunate enough to be partnering with our new friends over at Mystery mm-hmm. for the month of October. We had a tremendous chat oh, right so before much fun. this recording, yep. talking about team building and connection and, and how Mystery helps employers with that. And we're really excited that beyond the monthly sponsorship and, and talking about Mystery kind of week to week, that we've got their CEO on. Which is I know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this is really cool for us. We always enjoy talking to, to leaders of the businesses that we work with. Let's get right to it. Wendy, let's make the introduction and get started. Yes, so excited to welcome Shane to the show. He is described by his friends and family as the happiest guy they know. So it only made sense when he co-founded Mystery, the company on a mission to make people as happy as they can possibly be at work. Combining data and insights with real, actionable tools and solutions, Mystery makes it incredibly easy for businesses to proactively keep their employees happy and engaged. As CEO and co-founder, Shane spends his days doing exactly what he loves, building and managing the world's happiest team. Since 2019, Mystery has raised more than $22.5 million, most recently with a Series A led by Greylock. Well, Shane, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. First question, what is in your glass? Oh, man. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me here. I'm super excited. Uh, What is in my glass? Uh, About 30 ounces of cold brew. Uh, I drink an excessive amount of coffee, uh, and uh, the only reason I'm going to sound coherent is because I just recently finished another glass. Uh, but yeah, basically always coffee. Shane, that beats kombucha, which we're getting yes. the vast majority of this year. Oh, really? It's nice to hear coffee making a comeback. Absolutely. <laughs> As we mentioned, you know, we were so excited to be able to work with you all throughout the month and to talk to you in particular. How in the world do you get into the startup world? And then what led you to launching Mystery? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, For me, getting into startups and I'd say building companies in general uh, was always kind of something that I knew I wanted to do, uh, mainly because both my parents and both my grandparents were entrepreneurs themselves. Uh, I grew up in small business, uh, working in shops and kind of getting the feel of what it looks like to create your own thing. Um, You know, a phrase that uh, my grandpa used to tell me actually was, being an employee at a company uh, means about the same as much, like you get the same as fulfillment as being a babysitter to children. You feel a lot and you, you, get, to, you get to feel like you're, you're a part of their lives, but there's, you, there's no replacement for having a child yourself. Uh, and for me, I always knew I wanted to create a company and, and try and build something myself. And then how did I land in tech startups? My father was an engineer by trade, so I had spent a lot of time tinkering with computers when I was a little kid. Uh, I actually went to school for computer science. You know, I, I took an internship at a, a startup in Seattle at the time and, and really just fell in love with the energy and the level of ownership that working at a startup gives you. Um, you know, there's a phrase in startups that uh, it's a sports phrase, but you have the ball, meaning when you're at a small company, at any given point, you've got the ball. Like uh, you, You're the one that's responsible. You need to be able to you know, figure out what's next. Um, everybody just has such a high sense of ownership. And it just created an environment where I just felt like everyone really wanted to be there. They really wanted to create what we were working on. And, and I worked at a couple different uh, startups prior, uh, one, one being a company called Porch, one being a company called Convoy. And I got to see both of those companies go from you know, relatively small you know, one being uh, my, my past job at Convoy that I joined when they're just about 10 folks 
all the way through to multi-thousand people and, and serving you know, tens of thousands, of, that company was a, a trucking company, oddly enough, serving tens of thousands of truck drivers and getting to see how, you know, the, the impact of time that you spend, just the, the impact that it can have on the world. And you know, it's like kind of one of those phrases where the, the months are long, but the years are short. Uh, it's amazing what can get done in such a short period of time when you just get a, a focus group of people trying to accomplish something. That's what kind of led me to tech startups in the first place. I, I'd say launching Mystery, which I think what was your question, really it was the first time, and I'm kind of going on and on, but I think this is a really important concept uh, for a lot of people to try and focus on and find in their life. And I think in the HR and people function, explicitly this is one where you find more, more of these than anywhere else, which is finding something you can be a missionary about and not a mercenary. Um, you know, I found myself, uh, and it was, a, it was a concept that I got introduced to in 2014, this idea that there are missionaries and mercenaries in the world. Missionaries wake up every day and they're, they get excited and fulfilled because of the thing that problem area that they get to work on uh you know they for mystery it's making people happy at work people at mystery get up and get excited because they get to every day spend time trying to make others happy at work versus being a more of a mercenary would say like i don't really care what the problem is i just like solving problems uh, and certainly there's a few people in the world that fall into that bucket and I, I felt like up until the point i started mystery i was a mercenary i liked solving problems i was good at it the harder the problem the more exciting and more fulfillment i got out of it but the transition to mystery was trying to find something that I could be a missionary about. What is a problem that I can spend my entire life on and you know, feel good about it and feel like no matter what happens, no matter how good or bad we do, I'll feel like it was time well spent uh, because I at least pushed the needle a little bit. And so I, I think leading me to mystery was just finding something that I could spend the rest of my life working on and making people happy, uh, pushing people slightly outside of their comfort zone, building connections is where I spent all my time outside of work. So it was a question of, okay, well, I should probably spend my time in work doing that as well. I love that because that's a lot of what we do. And I think that's why you're a great partner for us is we're built about building those connections outside of work. But let's, let's talk a little bit about mystery. Can you give us, give us the elevator pitch for mystery? What is it? What are you all doing that's different when it comes to that employee engagement? I'd say mystery exists because distributed work, the idea that I can work from my home, spend more time with my family, the people that I love the most, and or I have the convenience of not spending a massive chunk of my life commuting, uh, because that is good, it's going to happen, right? People want to work in some, for, some version of distributed work, some version of work from home. The thing that you lose uh, when you think about the office and you think about the office maybe as a technology, like what did the office do? The biggest value prop of the office over the last decade was connecting people, building, you know, it's cheesy. People use the term water cooler chats to say like, oh, you build those types of social connections, but it's real. Without the office, you don't build a best friend at work. You don't build your really strong connections with the cross teams you're working with. You don't get to understand who your leaders are as people outside of just, you know, talking heads that tell us what to do. Mystery exists because working from home is better with the exception of connections to, our, uh, to the people around us, we don't build community. The entire problem statement of Mystery is solving isolation for distributed teams. Uh, what does that mean? That means we offer a product that helps our customers, helps businesses, org leaders, team managers understand the connections at their company, who's really well connected, who isn't as well connected, who are the super connectors, 
But even more than that, give them real tools. It's not enough to say, hey, here's the problems. Because then it's like, okay, what do I do about it? We go a step further and say, here's a real solution. Uh, today, that's through virtual events, uh, which are some of the most fun and engaging team events that you could ever do. But it's an actual lever that can say, hey, we understand these are the people that are connected. We know what they like and don't like. Let's book an event that we hope can convert a lot of those connections that don't exist today into best friends, into building real relationships. Uh, you know, we talk about how our mission is to make people as happy as they, as they can possibly be at work. Mystery doesn't actually do that. Uh, your coworkers do that, and we enable your coworkers to make you happy. That would be the, the super high-level elevator pitch. Shane, when you're talking to prospective clients or even the current client base, and they're looking at these distributed teams that are remote, what's the big issue for them in terms of making those connections and building that engagement? How are you addressing those issues? When we started really digging into this problem, and the way that we dug into this problem to give some context is we started off just by trying to offer solutions. You know, like, hey, your team's disconnected. Here's some virtual events. Here's some corporate gifts. Uh, do things to bring people together. And, and our journey has kind of been threefold in, in building this business and in understanding this problem. In the beginning, it was, oh my gosh, these events, they kind of suck. <laughs> like virtual events, you know, back a year and a half ago, they weren't that much fun. So we needed to figure out how do we make these really, really enjoyable. And we spent a bunch of time there. That was phase one of our business. Phase two was, okay, they're good events. People enjoy going to them, but oh my God, they're a pain to book and actually get off the floor. People are sending corporate gifts out, morale boxes and swag boxes, because it's easier uh, than actually planning events and going through all the work of coordinating and facilitating and finding the content. So we spent a bunch of time there. How do we make it as easy as like, you know, in Slack or in Teams saying like slash team event or like one button that you could click and all of a sudden everybody's together being connected by an event that they really like and enjoy together. That was phase two. Phase three, and this is, uh, you know, I go through the story because the, this last one is, is the problem statement for almost every company, was, okay, the events are good, the events are easy to book, are they working? Is this actually having an impact? And what we find was, and this is really, we started looking at this problem back in early 2021, what we found was our, while people liked our events and they enjoyed them and they were easy to book, they weren't actually creating connections. And this was way back in early 2021. And we tried to understand why. And, and what we found, effectively, the technology that had been built up into this point for people leaders, for org leaders, for uh, folks in HR, gave you, you know, effectively surveys. You could figure out on a quarterly basis, hey, here's, or uh, usually on a biannual basis, you know, here's the problems that exist. And you might know that the product team has a problem with cross-team cohesion. How do you actually fix that? And how do you build the right events to target that? Well, most HR teams, most people teams don't have the time, resources, or budget to like, actually go and do all the hard work and understand, well, here's the teams that actually need to be connected. Here's the leader that likes this. And what, who are the people on their team that theoretically they would know well? It's a coordination nightmare, and it's really, really difficult. So what ended up happening was they said, okay, well, managers know the team. Let's give budget to the managers and the business teams. Oftentimes, business teams do have budget. They, they have the morale budget. It's often you know, a decent percentage. It's like $150 to $250 per quarter per head. And HR is coming to them and telling them, hey, here's the problems. You know, it's cross-team cohesion. It's your, your team doesn't actually know you that well. You need to build vulnerability. But they're running the business. So what do they do? They delegate it to a team manager or an EA or an IC. And it's not passed off with, 
hey, we have a problem with cross-team cohesion or you know, sense of belonging. It's like, hey, it's been a while. We have this morale budget. Like, let's go do a happy hour or like, send a gift card out or maybe let's do a team event. All of that data around what the problem was gets lost through to understanding like, how to solve it. And what happens is people book team events because, oh, it's been a while instead of there's something we're trying to solve here. Um, so for us, the big learning you know, is effectively trying to understand what the actual problems are because when you understand what the problems are, and you know, I'll add the lens of distributed work, for distributed teams, the problem is not connection to my intra-team, uh, like the people that I work with most often. The problem is not connection to manager. Uh, those still happen because I still work with my team every day. I still spend all, time, all the time working with them. The problem is finding a best friend. The problem is your cross-team cohesion. The problem is connection to leadership. But when you give the power to the manager, you end up with intra-team events. Um, so I, I think for us, it's, it's not only understanding the problem better, but it's solving kind of this organizational budgeting system that's been built to actually be able to do something instead of nothing. Um, and, and that's a problem that we try and help our customers understand, but first by letting them do team events that they really enjoy, and second by saying, hey, maybe we should do what you're already doing, but just tweak it a little bit. You know, invite different people, think about doing different events and different content at, the, at different times, adding more structure, making you know, there's a difference between, I'd say, a ritual and a routine, easily put. A ritual is something that you do with, with intention that means something and you're, you, people are excited and they, they opt in. A routine is something that you're asking people to opt out of if they want. And it's not a strategy. It's more of a transaction, if you will. I like that you're helping people find focus around it. Because, you know, so many times it was just like, oh, let's just do a happy hour. Let's just do something. So having a purpose, I think that's going to help. Would help people say, oh, yes, I actually do want to do this. I do want to show up and, and participate because we're going to do something with it. It's purposeful. I like that. So, Shane, as Mystery helps people leaders in event planning, what's your most memorable team building activity and why? For myself or for our customers? Both. Let's do both. <laughs> One of my favorites that I've done, and hopefully I'm allowed to say this, I think I am, um, and if not, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> One of my favorites that we did, um, uh, their Xbox and Microsoft is a big customer of ours, uh, and there's an ERG at Xbox called the African Americans at Xbox ERG, uh, and they were doing a team event with us, and we did this event where it's Xbox, so as you can imagine, gaming culture is fairly big. Uh, we did this event where everyone in the team drew, and it was uh, during uh, Black History Month, they had, did a caricature-making uh, class where they all had to draw famous, uh, famous black influencers throughout time. And caricature drawing is always a scary thing because when you start, you're like, there's no way I can do this. The fun fact about it is like almost anyone can actually be a caricature artist. It's actually very easy. So everyone was drawing all, the, all these like, uh, influencers throughout time. Uh, you know, Rosa Parks, MLK, all these amazing people. And at one point, they had to draw T-Pain, which seemed a little bit ridiculous, but they still did it. They were like, oh, okay, you can watch the reactions of the video. It's pretty funny. And then at the very end, uh, we actually had T-Pain drop into the Zoom and judge everybody's drawings. Oh, wow. And judge everybody's drawings of it. Wow. Um, and T-Pain's a huge gamer, so wow. I, like, a lot of folks knew of him from his gaming because how much he games and likes to stream about it. I often find the most memorable virtual events are ones that you do that you could never do in person. It would never make sense. But where can you take advantage of it being virtual and start just doing something that's truly mind-blowing? That was one of my favorite events that we've done. I really like that. 
For me, my favorite event is still to this date. Uh, we work with uh, some of the best freestyle rappers in the world. I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous. Um, but uh, some of the best freestyle rappers in the world work with Mystery to do events. Uh, and we have a, an experience where everyone throws out specific words and he knows a few things about the team prior. And this guy is just like rapping about everyone. And he'd imagine he's looking at the Zoom screen. So he'd talk about how there's a Captain America you know, shield in the back of, you, of, of your, uh, your thing there. And he'd bring it in and weave it into the <laughs> oh. next thing. And it's amazing just to be like, how is this happening? Uh, and then we broke out to breakout rooms and you make a beat with his producer where you're like, you know, using the noises around you, whether it's like an AirPod click like that or whatever it is. And the producer like creates a wow. beat out of it. And then each team throws words out of the rapper and he's like, creating this company rap that's tying together company values and like all this ridiculous stuff. It's just like talent. It's pure talent. It's just like, how is this even happening? It's one of those events that like everyone can't stop smiling at. It's really, really fun. It's awesome. Shane, one of the things that we like to do when we have folks like you on is learn more about what's coming up. Any big news, product updates with mystery that you can share with the listeners? One thing that we just did uh, that we're really excited about, you know, I mentioned we, we do all this work to try and make our virtual events not just fun, not just easy, but make them work. And that, you know, it's all this software that tries to understand who do you already know, who should you know, who could you know. And we had been using that internally, which was like, okay, we, we use all this data to make our events really, really impactful. But for the first time, and this is just a couple weeks ago, we launched what we called our, our insights product, which was giving that data to everybody else uh, to say, hey... This is the data we use to inform how to make our virtual events really impactful, but we think you can use this for all sorts of other things. Uh, whether it's understanding how to think about new hire integration, whether it's understanding what groups you should focus time on, what connections are missing from specific orgs, specific teams, and which ones do they already have. All of that data on who is already connected and then who could be connected, who theoretically have a lot in common, we're finally given to customers to allow them to use on their own and say, like, here's how I'm actually doing and, and making and improving all the other things that they already do to bring their team together. And for us, what's exciting is not just giving that data and you know, seeing what people do with it. And we've had all sorts of interesting use cases come up of folks saying, like, oh, man, I, you know, we just did an acquisition. And like, we're trying to understand how to integrate these two people who know nothing about each other. And all of a sudden, they've identified the right people to actually connect and bridge super connectors and create all these new connections that feel like serendipity. But in reality, we're more planned. And then we're going to start thinking, how do we create more tools? At Mystery, we have a firm belief that we don't want to try and do anything brand new for We don't want to create a brand new space, a brand new type of thing that they're not, customers aren't already doing because the reality is things that are already happening. And that could be you know, new hire integration, thinking about who they meet in their first couple weeks. That could be the first few minutes of a meeting uh, that people spend where they actually do connect and bond. How do you just slightly change those to help make them really, really impactful? So what you'll see from Mystery in the future is not just doing virtual events is thinking about all the ways that people connect and bond at work and making them so much better from a surprise and delight and the right people connecting with the right content at the right time. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. That'll be cool to see uh, out in action. So Shane, one of the things that we do is outsource some of our questions because, hey, let's make life a little bit easier. And so we have another CEO former guest that ha is asking this question, Amy Dufresne of HRCI, asks, what books are you reading right now, podcasts you're listening to right now? Let's see. Books I'm reading right now, I'll actually say uh, re-reading um, 
rereading some books. Uh, one of my favorite books on entrepreneurship is one called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Um, it's a book, book by Ben Horowitz. So often uh, I think about things in the lens of expectations and expectation setting. Mystery is called mystery because you don't have expectations going into an event. Uh, and it's truly the most important thing about anything, especially you know the folks in HR to realize the power of expectations is to think about your last performance cycle review. How much did employee expectations matter in delivering feedback? Uh, Expectations drive almost everything in life and happiness is so often the manipulation of expectations. And the hard thing about hard things is basically saying, when the lows are low, how do you recognize it? When the highs are high, how do you recognize that? Uh, And life is about understanding those fluctuations and managing to the mean and understanding how to deal with them and, and become better from those from those difficult things. Uh, it's a really, really interesting book, and, and Ben Horowitz is a phenomenal storyteller. So that, that's one book that I've read recently that I really liked. Um, and then podcasts, I'm a, I'm a tech history nerd, truly, and uh, one of my favorite podcasts out there is a podcast called Acquired. It just tells the story of great companies throughout history that have either gone from even talking about like standard oil uh, way back in the day to you know more recent companies like Facebook or all the way through to Spotify companies like that you just get to learn how these people went through it what the real stories were behind some of these companies that are just name brands today how did that happen um, and some you just all these fascinating fascinating stories I think they're so interesting if there's any stories specifically to look into Walt Disney has such a fascinating background truly worth looking into it's insane how how resilient that human was. Well, I've got those written down, so I'm definitely checking out the hard thing on hard things. I like cool title. Well, Shane, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. So we always like to know what career did you dream of having as a child? Uh, as a kid, I actually always said I want to grow up and be a kid, uh, which is uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I realized how good it was then, but uh, I, you know, I always just want to be able to the goal growing up was to truly just have what I already had then, which was pure spontaneity, pure joy of life. And, you know, I found a way to do that at work. But that was my goal as a kid. Shane, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Someone I've gained in my network that I uh, really appreciate. Luckily, I was uh, lucky enough to hire them. Um, a woman named Sean Ramirez, who joined our team uh, very recently as our VP of Data Science. She is worth knowing because she just has a huge density of knowledge about how you can use data to solve real-world problems. And she solved problems all the way through to network analysis for terrorist groups uh, to now thinking about how to solve problems in people, people functions and making people happy at work with the right data. Truly one of the smartest people I've ever met. She used to teach at Harvard. Worth following. She's producing a lot of content these days. She's awesome. Shane, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Uh, I would give a piece of advice that is to start with understanding. One of the things I've learned is you always have a certain expectation of what other people think. Uh, You always have an expectation of like, oh, I know this, so they should know that too. Or you bring your own context and assume it in in somebody else. So often now I start, even though I might have an assumption, I want to back test that and say, hey, why are you saying that? Why are you thinking that? Why does this matter to you? Understanding other people and you know it's a basic concept of empathy, I suppose. But understanding it in every version of what what matters to them now, what matters to them in the long term, has made me such a more effective leader and ability to communicate and work with others. Uh, because so often people present ideas in their own ladder of thought, 
when in reality you need to think how do you present an idea or a problem or a solution in a shared ladder of thought where we're both communicating on the same language. Start with understanding, I'd say it would be my biggest advice to myself uh, back in my early career. Shane, how do you enjoy giving back to your community? A bunch of ways. I'm an Eagle Scout, uh, so I, uh, I've always been fairly community-driven. One of the ways I like to give back is working with local fire stations. Um, they've had a, a rough go over the past few years, so uh, even back all the way to my Eagle Scout project back when I was a kid, we built like an outdoor area for fire stations. Uh, but there's often food drives or, or different ways that you can have an impact both from you know, showing up and actually being there, and showing up is half the battle of these things, uh, but also being able to gather a group of people and you know use my network power of i know a lot of people who want to help how do i bring that all together in one place um so i I think it's about for me not just spending my time but using my resources available well congratulations on the eagle scout that's huge my oldest is working on her girl scout gold award right now so um i understand that commitment level so that's fantastic what is your favorite movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off is my favorite movie. Um, and uh, the, the quote in the Ferris Bueller quote, which is, if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might, listen, you might miss life. Or uh, Life moves pretty fast if you don't stop looking at it, you might miss it. Being present, uh, is, I think it's the perfect movie to show, like, hey, you always have something going on. Like, it's just such a pure, beautiful expression of, like, what could happen if you just you're optimistic and you leave yourself open to things and it's just it's a fun movie too obviously but i think uh, one of my favorites what's your favorite or the most memorable live performance you've ever attended there was an experience that i went to and i don't know if it was because of the exact experience or because of the context of it but it was a it was a concert that i went to in austin texas I used to do this thing where I'd go, uh, go to the airport and take a first flight out. Go to the air- It sounds cheesy, but you go to the airport and you say, oh, look, what's the first flight I can hop on? You get a screaming deal on the way out and you get ripped off on the way back because you have to come back to Seattle or wherever you started. So it like, <laughs> averages out to a normal weekend trip. But uh, I, I got there and we landed and I met someone on the plane who was like, hey, I'm going to this concert. So I ended up going to this concert. And we get there and it just started dumping rain, like torrential Texas downpour. Uh, and it was a band called Big Gigantic. So it was like heavy sax. And just like one of those things where you look around and you're just like, wow, I'm here and I can feel this. Like every part of it just worked out. That was easily the most memorable experience that I've, I've had from a live performance perspective. Shane, if you could be on any TV show, either as yourself or a character, what would it be? This is going to sound cheesy and self-serving, but it's also my favorite show. I'd be on The Office. I I think The Office is like a a statement piece of television, but also just like all the characters building real relationships with the people around them. Like I've watched it so many times now that I feel like I'm friends with all the other characters in the show. So I think that's definitely the one that I would want to be in. Would you be yourself or one of the characters? I think it'd be too much fun to be Michael Scott. Um, so I, I'd probably have to, be, I'd have to try it. At least maybe not early season Michael Scott. I'd need to try like late season Michael Scott. But uh, I think, yeah, I'd have to give that a go. Well, recently it was announced it's going to be Shane Kowalski Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Everybody is pushing themselves out of their comfort zone in, in one day. If you ask any of my friends, it's the thing I push everybody on all the time which is to uh, you know, forget the defined box that you live in, do something that makes you feel uncomfortable because the best things in life push you outside of your comfort zone. It's the only way to grow, uh, but so often it's scary to do. And 
you know, people are so scared of the unknown. Uh, the reality is everything you know now, you once not, didn't know, and it seemed to work out okay. Uh, so the more that you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone, the better. Um, that's what everyone would do. I actually used to do that every day for a while, which did get fairly tiring. Um, trying to find something to push yourself outside <laughs> of your comfort zone every day. But at least for one day, that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Awesome. Well, finally, Shane, if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Tell me about the smallest decision you made that's had the biggest impact. Meaning like, what have you, and it's just one of those things that you get to appreciate the butterfly effect of life. And mm-hmm. uh, it is so many often interesting, you can always go smaller and smaller. So when you ask it and they say something, push like, well, what happened before that? What happened before that? It's a fascinating concept. Like I've made a decision about marketing automation software before and impacted thousands of lives, which is like a whole story. Uh, but I, I think it's so interesting to think about all the little things that you can do now can have such massive butterfly domino effects on, on reality. Shane, it's now in the book and it will be asked very soon. Once again, we can't thank you enough for not only for your time, but for sponsoring the HR yes. Flower this month. Tremendous to get connected with Mystery. You're a company unlike anybody else we've worked with, particularly the fact that you've had T-Pain drop into your events. Nobody else I think we've worked with can claim that. So yeah, that sets the bar very high already. I know most of our listeners are probably not connected with you or the company yet, but what's the best way to get in touch, learn more, anything and everything they should know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, for one, the website is trymystery.com, T-R-Y mystery.com. You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. uh, Just Shane Kowalski is my first and last name. And to learn more, uh, we do public demos uh, every single week. We do one or two demos. So if you're curious about what these experiences look like, it is a... You have to see it to believe it. So I strongly recommend joining one of those events. Uh, you never know. Every now and then we have some surprise celebrity guests jo- drop in. So um, definitely join one of the demos. It's a great way of understanding what we do. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there? Uh, best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. How about you, John? I want to mention that not only is there trymystery.com, but if you go to trymystery.com slash HR social, you can get one event when you purchase an event. So go check out the demo and then check out that website. Vanity tag, friends. We we appreciate them as always. <laughs> check that out and, and get yeah. set up there. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HR social hour podcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, and follow, subscribe, whatever platform you're on. Get those new episodes as they become available. International listeners, we always like to talk to you. Reach out. Mm -hmm. We'll start those conversations. Shane, thanks again for your time, for being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.